The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Episode 288, Budgeting as a Contractor, Tipped, or Self-Employed Income Earner. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And as former bartenders, servers, freelance writers... All around self-employed. Self-employed individuals, (laughs) small business owners, trying to start up small businesses, doing all the side hustles. We know how difficult it is to budget when your income is super irregular. Mm. Uh, And so that's what we are talking about in this episode. We're going to talk about some of the nuts and bolts um, on how to and reasons to and kind of use our experiences to filter what the internet is saying. But first, just a little message from our sponsor today, Breaking the Mold. Mm. Yes, Yes. baby girl. Mm. It's what God did when he made you. And it's what you bosses are out there doing with your 1099 statuses and variable incomes. We see you and this one's for you. And you know what's also for you? Our debt-free story series on YouTube. Speaking of breaking the mold, we got some fellow Frugal Friends podcast listeners laying their debt and calling in to talk about it. This is content you don't want to miss. YouTube.com slash Frugal Friends. We got 10. Yeah. Or we will have 10. Not not (laughs) 10.99, but there are 10 stories for you. And most of them are already out. We have a few more to debut. So be sure to subscribe to the channel and turn on notifications so that you can get those when they release when they drop when they drop so uh budgeting is a big thing that we're talking about in this episode we could have we could have focused on a lot of things but i think one of the hardest things like you can to an extent can and cannot control what you make the more you work the more you make it's you know for for a lot of this but we only have so much capacity to do so let's let's really hone in on budgeting for this one. If you are interested in budgeting, if that really resonates with you, then check out episode 222, Stop Strict Budgeting and Start Living in the Radical Middle. This is actually one that when we asked our debt-free stories um, interviewees what their favorite episode was, because we loved, you know, hearing, we love hearing people like what we do. No. <laughs> Also, we want to know what to do more of. So when we asked them, several of them said this specific episode. Mm. Um, so we we think it's a pretty good one, episode 222. And then also, right back from the archives, episode 88, budgeting on an irregular income. So this one is for any irregular incomes, not just um, like tipped employees and freelancers. So that one is also a good one to supplement this one. But but if you're if you're tipped, if you're if you're 1099, then this one is for I know if you're tipped, you still get a W-2. But I mean, we'll just 
we're gonna we're gonna lump it in because it feels the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels the same. At least the variable yeah. nature of it. Gosh, I wish I was tipped. No, you don't. No, I don't. But like on top <laughs> on top of on top of what's happening, you know, it's kind of like I wish someone would tip me. Okay. Well, if you want to send Jill a tip, just email her. <laughs> Jill at frugalfriendspodcast.com. Uh, but, so we'll get into this first article from Wallet. Oh, I, lo- I, I love this. The way it's spelled. I, it, it doesn't wallet. make sense until you say it's it out loud. Wallet. It's W-O-L-L-I-T. Wallet. Yeah. Dot com. And it's budget your irregular income 10 reasons to get started now. So this is essentially an article convincing us to budget. We're not going to spend too much time here because we all kind of know what those reasons are. But I do appreciate how they point out that this is especially useful for those of us who are on irregular incomes, irregular paydays, like they call out the fact that like it can be really difficult to budget or feel as though budgeting isn't for you or you can't do it because there's no set payday pattern. You don't actually know exactly what you're going to bring in, when you're going to bring it in. But really what this can lead to for a lot of us is stress and anxiety and overwhelm. And what budgets do for all of us, whether on a regular or irregular income, is reduce that stress. It is laying out a plan and a pathway forward for our purchases. There's also a fun little gif of a woman uh, who is saying a budget is a statement of our priorities. She looks like your mom. Not your mom specifically. I mean, but kind of actually, maybe, but like your mom, everybody's mom. If your mom got on a Zoom call, this is what it would look like. Bad lighting. uh, Not something I'd make into a GIF, but we digress. (laughs) So Reflection on the glasses. So yeah, there's a few different tips. I think the, um, I'll just start out with uh, to simplify. The first is it simplifies your spending. That's the first reason. And I, so I did not budget when I was a like a tipped employee. And it was so easy to go through all the money. It was just so easy. And I know some people, I don't know if it was a cash thing for me, but so many people like have reached out to us when Jill said that it was hard for her to keep cash, like cash was easier to spend because she just wanted to get rid of it. So many of you reached out and were like, yes, I'm the same as Jill. And so I really think there's something to this. But with a budget, you can simplify your spending. And I have like a whole process on how to like for really wildly irregular incomes, how to budget. We'll talk about that in the next article. But when you budget, then you can afford to put that money away in your bank account and not worry about spending it kind of out of sight, out of mind. And you can practice this values-based spending plan that we talk about because you have some kind of guideline. So taking the time to do this, even though it's harder than somebody who has a steady paycheck every month, it will look different. It has to look different. When you earn different, you spend different, you budget different, and that's okay. Um, But it does simplify it. And we are big proponents of simplifying. I'll also call this next one out. Number two, they're advocating that budgeting can improve your focus, that budgeting brings structure to our spending habits. We can know when things are a little tight. We can know when we're bringing in a little bit more. It helps us to know if we need to cut back on spending, if we need to adjust our spending, or if we have more to spend. So just having something like a budget can help just to bring clarity and Mm -hmm. attention to something. I think without it, we can 
can feel really almost like tossing about in the wind and the water without an anchor of any sort. And when you're already on a variable income, not having regular paydays, it can probably already feel that way. So almost looking at a budget like an anchoring point to bring about some level of stability within what can feel maybe a little bit destabilizing at times. Yeah. I mean, and that goes into your ability to earn as well. Like as a um, a shift worker or a freelancer, you can most of the times, like if you are budgeting and you're like, okay, I don't have as many shifts this month. I need to make more. You can choose to pick up a shift. Or if you are earning more than what you need, you can you know, choose if somebody wants you to work a shift, you can choose to say no if you really need the time to not work. Or, or if you're a freelancer, you can choose to pick up a gig or to turn one down. That's so, so true. Yeah. You wouldn't know that if you didn't have a budget. You would, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't know it if you didn't have a plan, plan yeah. for your spending. Because mm-hmm. another thing that can happen when you control your own schedule is that hustle culture can really come in and just... You can work and work and shit, like pick up another shift, pick up another double, take another, uh, you know, assignment. It, it can become exhausting. But when you have a plan and you're focused either on your goal and you pick up that work, knowing that it's for a short time or knowing it for its a uh, specific thing, or if your goal is more flexible, you can turn down work, knowing that your mental health and your self-care are your priority right now. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it can, these are all like a lot of things that we touch on all the time. So it helps you avoid debt, build an emergency fund, waste less, which I think also goes into the time bit. Um, But I'll also say something about the emergency fund. You should have at least $2,000 in an emergency fund. I know a lot of times we'll say a thousand. But we we really think it should be two thousand, um, and so when you are able to put away cash and not spend it, then you're able to build that emergency fund quicker um, and put it in a separate account. So again, out of sight, out of mind, so that you're not spending it on Taylor Swift tickets, <laughs> which is what which is an actual. Sorry, Chris, if you're listening, my friend who's a bartender just. He did that. He, I, I don't even think he really likes Taylor Swift. He was just invited. It to wasn't go. a values based no. purchase. <laughs> like, so, and he had the money, so he spent it. Which, depending on the field that you're in, an emergency fund could be far more necessary, or at least a beefier emergency fund. Mm-hmm. Again, depending on the field. Yeah. But But that's definitely something we all need to be keeping a pulse on. I think right now, especially, is something like if you don't have $2,000 in your emergency fund, it's it's time to get there. It's definitely time to get there because the economy, it's it's just in a place right now. You know, it's having a moment and you need to be as somebody with, again, if you've got an irregular income your your job isn't like promised to you work isn't promised to you i mean it's not promised to you if you have a w2 either but it's most volatile for our contractors and our tips you know listeners so you especially need to have that yeah emergency fund now number 5 on here is that a budget or a plan for your money can reduce stress especially if you're on an irregular income i've already said it but just highlighting this again, that stress can cause all kinds of issues like lack of sleep or interruptions to sleep. Sometimes it can lead to depression, anxiety, maybe even reduced performance levels. There's so many ways that stress impacts us and our bodies. And this is one small tool that can help us to exert control and influence over at least the pieces we do have control and influence over, like a plan for our money. And especially, again, when when we're kind of uncertain about it, some sort of pathway forward is going to help to alleviate some of that stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all I have to say about this one. And we're going to spend a bulk of our time in the next article. Yes, let's do it. 
My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H. M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. So our next article is how to budget when you have an irregular income. And so this is the one really everybody wants to know. So teach like, teach me how to budget. Teach me, teach oh, me how yes, to budget. Girl. <laughs> Why is that not <laughs> social media? I'm feeling a video. real. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we are going to talk about um, this Capital One article. And it's how to budget when you have an irregular income. But we're going to infuse some of our own tips into it. What do you think about this one, Well, this one was my favorite one, Goldie. You've all heard about Goldie. She's our favorite. (laughs) She helps us with our outlines and selected like three different articles. So if if you're interested in knowing more about this, know that there is a lot of info on the internet. There were plenty of options. But this one, I felt, was one of the most straightforward and helpful articles about how to actually do this that I, I liked it. This one yeah. was my favorite. Well, well, spoiler alert for you, not all financial articles on the internet are created equally. Mm. And we go through them and talk about them on this podcast so that you don't have to wade through the entire first page and second and third page of Google. Yeah. So they just give us step by step. So we're just going to go through all the steps. Yes. Yeah. So the first step is to establish a baseline monthly income. So this is my, I will, I'll actually put like a, so if this is step one, I'll do like a step zero is to (laughs) save in addition to your emergency fund, save one month of that baseline monthly income. So if you are a YNAB user, which is you need a budget, you know they talk about aging your money. And essentially, when you make a budget, you are budgeting for what you have already earned, not for what you expect to earn. And this is no no more important than when you have an irregular income is to be budgeting based on money you already have, not on money you don't have yet, especially when it comes to bills. Like if you're shift heavy on or gig heavy or invoice heavy on the back half of the month and your bills are in the front half, you're going to be stressed. But if you are paying your first half of the month bills based on what you made or got paid on the back half of the last month, then it's no stress. 
you have you have the money. So I would say, yes, step one, establish a baseline monthly income. So that's looking at your last year of work, essentially, and taking an average of that. So we know that Q4 is typically a high income quarter for a lot of um, servers and bartenders um, and even sometimes freelancers if companies are trying to spend money before the end of the year for tax purposes. So those months are obviously going to be higher than maybe your Q1. So what you're going to do is you're going to still take the average and then in Q4, you're just going to live on the average and everything you make over that you put in savings and save for Q1 when you're not making as much. So that's kind of a a way to get like a baseline monthly income. So your spending and budgeting doesn't go all over the place like every single month. If you're more regular, then sure, you can just do it month to month. If you're varying maybe like a couple hundred bucks on either side, then certainly just live off the last month's income. But if you're varying widely, take that average Save the difference in the months you make more to supplement on the months you save less. And that's definitely going to be an account you want to put out of sight and out of mind because that's the easiest money to spend. Yeah, I cannot stress this last bit of the step enough of what you calculate for your kind of, I can count on earning this much in a month, your kind of baseline monthly income, that should be your net monthly earnings, whatever that number is after you've set aside what you'll owe in estimated taxes. This has been overlooked by so many people, Mm -hmm. not just young people, not just those new to the workforce. Like I know plenty of people every year, every year who forget and think that they can just live off of whatever they've earned in the year. But if you are especially a 1099 employee, that means you are a worker. That means you don't have an employee paying half of your income taxes. My recommendation is to set aside somewhere between 17 to 20% of what you bring in just for taxes. Obviously, the 20% is going to be very nice and cushy. And so then at the end of the year, you have some money back into your pocket. Mm-hmm. But this is, this is an absolute money because you could end up at the end of the year or come tax season and owe thousands of dollars and be completely blindsided by it. And find yourself a good accountant. They will Mm -hmm. pay for themselves. This is not something to go frugal and and DIY unless you are a tax expert. Yeah. Uh, This will save you money getting getting an accountant who knows your industry, Mm -hmm. who has done like talk to other people in your industry to see who's doing their taxes and and get some help. Yes, you must set that money aside and then determine mm-hmm. your baseline income. So there yeah. might be two step zeros, zero, zero, and then mm-hmm. zero, zero A and zero B. Yeah. <laughs> and then step one. And now we're on to step two, which is to make now a list of required monthly expenses. So we're talking about your most critical must pay monthly bills. This would include mortgage or rent, utilities, food. We know that fluctuates a ton, but figure out a baseline number for food. What do you know you can live off of? Yeah, like, sure, I'd love to set aside $1,000 a month for restaurants and groceries, but if rubber meets the road and I can't afford that, what do I know I can live off of and and still eat at what amount? Certainly insurance, medical insurance, car insurance, minimum required debt payments, just kind of baseline monthly expenses. Now, your baseline monthly income may or may not cover all of these baseline monthly expenses that you've identified. And and that's okay. The article will kind of take us through that. But this is some of the hard work of looking at what am I bringing in? What's kind of the minimum amount that I'm going to bring in? What's the minimum amount that's going to go out? Yeah. And if you have done our spending makeover, then you know we the first thing you do in the spending makeover is take a 90-day transaction inventory. And that can be really helpful in this step to figuring out 
what your required monthly expenses are. Because if you're not budgeting, you will forget something. And over the past 90 days, you're pretty sure it's one quarter. You're pretty sure to get almost everything besides some annual expenses. So this is where where we do the 90-day transaction inventory and then start to think like are is this is this monthly expense really required? Can is this amount of a monthly expense really required? And you can start trying to get creative with some of these bigger expenses. I was thinking the other day when we went in and bought um, granite countertops for a rental, and that was a very that was a thousand dollars, and I negotiated a cash pay discount when when the girl was like, "Oh, this is already really low. I don't think we can do any more." But I was like, "Check with your manager." Yes. <laughs> and she did check with her manager. And I got forty dollars off, which in the grand scheme of things is not mm-hmm. a ton. But forty dollars is that's more. a light fixture now for that's, the rental. Yeah, that's more than I could have saved by skipping a latte. Mm-hmm. A latte is six dollars, and forty dollars is more than that, mm-hmm. or more than I could have saved with a rebate from Ibotta or Fetch. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. so when we it's it's doesn't seem like when we're we're making these big purchases we neglect the big money that can be saved because it seems so insignificant. But when you're really looking at it compared to all these small saving decisions you're making, that's really where the biggest bang for your buck is, mm-hmm. is these required monthly expenses. And and so looking at your history um, and, and listing them out, I think is where you're you're going to get the most bang for your buck on savings. And then number three, to pinpoint other monthly expenses. So the inventory works here as well. Um, You're looking at all of these smaller, hopefully smaller, uh, discretionary expenses. And then really trying to pinpoint what are the ones that I love? What are the ones I feel really good about that I want to keep moving forward? And what are the ones that just did not bring me the enjoyment that I thought they would or that they should have for what they cost and and what can I say no to in the future. So, yeah, this is a big benefit of budgeting and I think yeah, just a just a good habit all around. So then number 4, once you've got it's it's kind of like part 1 and part 2. Part 1 is figuring it all out, looking at it all on paper. And now the the rest of these steps are putting it into action. And so number four is now implementing your baseline income. They reference the importance of having different bank accounts, one for your business, one for personal. This is especially important for your 1099 people or your small business owners. If you just have variable income, this is not as important for you. But if you do have a business, or you're a 1099 subcontractor, having two separate accounts will really help you. It will help when tax time comes. It's kind of mandatory. It's (laughs) actually mandatory. It's not just nice to have or or good to have. It's actually (laughs) you you need need to. to. Yeah. (laughs) So... What you're going to do then is because you do have a separate business account (laughs) from a personal account is move that money from your business account to your personal account. Just the baseline income, that's your payment to yourself. Then you're going to use that money in order of importance to pay for your baseline monthly expenses. So definitely prioritize the roof over your head and food in your stomach and your insurance and your debt payments and kind of keep going down the list from there prioritizing along the way. They definitely reference, you know, what if you don't have enough to cover in your baseline income what your expenses are that month. Of course, that's where it might highlight, oh, I need to pick up an extra gig or I need to pull from the these other accounts that I have stacked up money in for a time like this, which is why it's so important that like step zero, zero of having some level of an emergency fund that you can pull from, but then also having our sights on, okay, if my income is not covering my expenses and I can't cut my expenses down any further, 
then we need to look at what are some ways to bring in more to cover at least the baseline needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that leads us into five uh, is to then include additional earnings into that. And so this is the place where if you are in a higher earning month, then you save the difference for the later. But I would also say to this is a good time to point out how when you are tipped or freelance or gig, you are not only going to want to track your transactions, you also are going to want to track your income. So every shift, you should be tracking your income. So you should know what you are making per shift. And this is just good like to analyze. Like These are the best shifts to work. This is where I'm going to get the best bang for my time buck. This client is going to be the best moving forward. It's a little less money than another client, but I do, a you know, 10 times less work. So you are unique and that you are, you are going to want to manually track your income as intentionally as you track your expenses. So that is how you can really get a, a grasp on your income and hopefully increase it while not increasing the time or effort you put into working. That's always, the goal is always to be able to charge more for the same amount of work or to work less and make the same or to maybe upgrade to a better position or better shifts at work, a better restaurant, whatever. So and and tracking your income will help you get to that point. And so then you will have more additional earnings to where you can eventually increase your baseline income. And lastly, number six, which we have kind of referenced to probably be more so number zero. Yeah. I- <laughs> this is where they're talking about creating that buffer account for your low months when you're experiencing a little bit more lean income. You've got an account that you can pull from. We would recommend this being a priority in setting up almost before doing the other steps as far as the action steps go. You really don't want to find yourself with more month than income at the end of each month. So having something that provides a bit of that cushion kind of smooths out some of those dips will be really helpful and will make this process of making a plan for your finances more pleasant. It's going to be really difficult if we wait for this to be the final step of, okay, now let me make a plan for my low months. Well, if you're already experiencing a low month, then there's no way to even get through the month or stack away more. Mm -hmm. So begin focusing on how can you put a little bit extra aside and then move through the rest of the action steps. That's that's my little take on this article. Yeah. So getting your emergency fund first, then getting your buffer to where so you are budgeting based on what you have made, not based on what you are going to make, and then creating this buffer account for um, your lower earning months. That's kind of the, but that's before you, if you want to pay off your debt, cool, that's great. But these are the things that you should be working on before you start any of those other goals, like the debt, the investing, the saving for the house, whatever. These are really priority. Do you know what our buffer account is that we try to keep full up for lean months? Mm, But we're never lean with this one. The bill of the week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Hi, my name is Savannah and I live in Salida, Colorado. I just moved from Telluride because I bought a house. And my Bill of the Week is babysitting. 
I am an early childhood teacher and babysitting has been the most amazing side gig for me. It is a way to make extra money, help out families, um, spend a lot of great time with kids. And so if you're good with kids or if you're if you don't mind being with kids, it's such an easy way to make money. You can just like hang out with them, go to the park, watch movies, do crafts and lots of times you're getting paid for when the kid goes to bed and you're able to get paid to like read a book, journal, do whatever and it's just such an amazing such an amazing side gig. So that's my bill of the week. It's enabled me to help move and buy a house and I'm so grateful for it and I definitely recommend it for anybody out there looking for a side gig. Thanks so much. Oh, Savannah. Good for you. There needs to be people in the world like you. Yeah. Because there's people in the world like me who have kid, soon to be kids, that hate all of the things that you just mentioned. <laughs> All of the things. I, I am also a little bit blown away because not only is being a teacher part of your full-time job, but then in your extra spare time, your side hustle is also babysitting. So like, you must really be a gem of a human being who truly loves being around all kinds of children. Mm-hmm. And like you found this great side gig. For me, my side gigs need to be totally different from my day job. Um, but for you, you really found your niche. And and that's that's just a great bill with some extra earning. And, and people, moms like me will pay you good money yes. to do that with their kids. Yes, because you can't hide <laughs> no, the fact that like money. you must be really great with kids and enjoy them if you're choosing to do it in whatever additional time you have. Oh, you do crafts? Oh, you do crafts? Wow. Okay. I will pay a premium. If you're out here listening and you think you too are an angel from heaven who is able to do your full-time job as your side hustle and you're great with kids and you just want to talk about it. Or you just do crafts. Or your name is Bill. (laughs) (laughs) specifically bill curtis but any bill or you or you also know the drill other types of bills you get creative friends visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill leave us your bill we're just here with open arms ready to celebrate you I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features, but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing. And of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. And now it's time for Friday Wraps. Oh, man. Okay. So what is 
the hardest part about budgeting with an income that fluctuates. What do you think, Jen? Okay, so this is specifically non-W-2. Is It is the taxes uh. for me. I I hated that part about it. And it's why I hired an accountant. Do you Have you seen those reels or TikToks where it's like, when they ask you what you do, say, I'm an accountant. <laughs> no. It's a song for people with like, I guess, dicey um, professions. Oh, that's funny. And when they're like, just tell them you're an accountant. Nobody <laughs> no. asks what you do there when will, you're an accountant. There will be no more follow-up questions. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, so, I mean, another, I guess, if you have a dicey-tipped, uh, you know, career... There yeah. you go. There's another extra tip for you. There's but I so like when I started off of the W two path because when I was a, a bartender, I still got a W two, but I think I still had to claim. I technically had to claim my cash. Yeah, definitely to pay taxes on it. No, it's not Te- technically you. D- you definitely needed to. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> when I got away from that. Then it was no W-2. And I, gosh, I mess. I would mess up my taxes so bad. And I did that for two years. And finally, I was just like, a, an accountant literally instantly paid for himself. Ugh, yes. I, and I still hate taxes. Yeah. Five years of frugal friends in personal, like writing personal finance. Yeah. When I was freelancing, I would tell them, the only things I don't write about are taxes and insurance. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a client one time, my first assignment after I told him that was an article about estate tax, which also has an insurance like component. component. Yeah. And I was like, I don't never think- say never. That's then that's your bad. I didn't say never. I said I don't write about insurance and taxes because I'm not an expert. And I shouldn't, you shouldn't be writing on the internet unless you're an expert in what you're writing. Yeah. (laughs) Which is why we cover these articles, because we know that's untrue. Yeah. Not everyone's an expert who's putting the articles out there. And it's also why we're giving, yeah, it's why we're giving you our hot takes on things. (laughs) Not that we're an expert on all of it, but. Oh, but taxes for sure. Yikes. That is a tough one. But if you are a non-W2 worker, then I think there is more reason, permission to pay someone yes. to do your taxes. But still, oh, it's yes. a headache because you have to have so much more of a pulse on what's coming in, what's going out, keeping track of your business expenses. Like it's it, it's a lot of work. It, that is a you can be kind to yourself throughout the year and make it easier on yourself come tax prep season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I can't disagree with you, Jen. It, it is enough to want to work towards a W-2. <laughs> I know. And that's why you budget so that you can figure out how many shifts that you don't have to take so you can use that time to learn or achieve or do whatever you need to do to get a W-2 job. Yeah. If that's what you want, if that's how much taxes are a burden for you. Yeah. <laughs> For me, I think the hardest part was, is, I would say more so was. I feel as though I've got a really nice baseline with the various types of jobs that I have, that this doesn't feel as acute anymore, but the uncertainty and ambiguity and the feeling isolated or kind of different or other in the way that I earned money. And so it felt like none of the personal finance info out there was tailored to or even relevant for me. And and even still, I can catch glimpses of that now when people are like, take the 401k match from your employer, do this, do that. And it's like, you're, you, you have to be doing these things. It's like, oh, but I can't. Like some of the info or advice out there is like assume that everyone earns in the same way Mm -hmm. and uh, everyone can budget in the same way. Like, especially all these budgeting people on social media are like, and you just take this two-week pay period and you input this, this, and this. And it's so clean and pretty, but I'm just like, okay, so I guess this space just isn't for me because my life and earning does not look anything like this. And so 
there that feeling of mm-hmm. isolation being different but then like the uncertainty that then's a, then is attached to that of what do i do then if like this clean little box that apparently the rest of the world gets to live in doesn't apply to me all that to say we see you and yeah. we hope this episode was helpful yeah thank you so much for listening i hope that you if you are tipped or gig or freelance that you found some encouragement in this maybe picked up a few new tips ultimately there's nothing new under the sun but there is that there there can be that feeling of isolation that jill just described and so we're hoping that you feel a little more seen and a little more confident that you can do this. Um, And if you want a little more confidence and a little more seeing, we have a community for that. It's called the Frugal Friends Club. And it's for mainly people paying off debt, but also starting their savings funds and starting saving for houses and, and whatnot. So we want to congratulate one of our members for a big win. And this is a member who has a lot of big wins. Yes, Debbie. Um, Debbie. So she said, she had a win from the radical middle. Uh, <laughs> she said, our son and daughter-in-law came to celebrate Christmas with us. The gift we ordered for them is still in transit, so we had two smaller gifts, but dot, 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 ugh, says every mom. Uh, she said, focusing on progress, part of me was like, we just need to be frugal and explain and not get them anything else. But the other part of me the mom part, uh, was like, let's just get them a $100 gift card. So radical middle... We ended up at Lowe's and spent 23 on a discounted air plant uh, with some clamp tooly thing. <laughs> she said, I was so excited. It took some discussion to keep hubby from impulse buying. He's new to frugal. I've been really working on him for a year, and I'm so excited to see how 2023 unfolds financially. I could not have gotten my husband on board without the inf- information I've learned in here. It gives me great conversation starting points and concrete data to support. So well done, Debbie. Oh, I feel, yeah, there's something that happens during the holidays where like all of our previous understanding and spending just kind of can go out the window when it comes to wanting to give freely and generously to others. It can cause us to compromise in ways that we might not throughout the year. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you were still able to kind of hold true and keep a pulse on and be aware of what was going to be a good idea and what was just going to end up in like regret and why did I do that is so amazing. Also, the fact that this club has helped you in your conversations with your husband is really amazing. I'm celebrating with you just for that little side piece of what you shared. It really is the bandwagon effect in reality, Mm. like the holidays when everybody else around you is doing something, mm-hmm. you just hop on the bandwagon without even thinking. Oh, I think this happens with, with like birthdays yeah. and weddings. And it's and, not negative. And yeah. sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it. But when you have a community, yeah. when you have a different bandwagon who's talking about different things, it's easier to identify mm-hmm. um, and say no when you want to say no. So that's the one thing I love about Frugal Friends Club. If you are interested in checking it out, we've got courses, interviews, challenges, community, head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash club to check it out. See you next time. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. I was just talking with a friend about some of the new or maybe adjusted standards for tipping. Ooh. And it can feel I think I think we've had requests from people like can you talk about tipping? I don't even want to get into the weeds oh, though. No, I'm we like shouldn't. here's how you save in tipping cuz you, you don't. That's like the opposite of what gratuity means. But <laughs> right? I How can I be less gratuitous. Yeah, it brought gratuity. Yeah, right. It brought the concept up for me because I'm like, surely my understanding of tipping is antiquated. Surely whatever my previous understanding was kind of through this pandemic and what we've seen. And I think we've seen a lot of 
really awesome generosity for some of these arenas and fields to do decent, not not through the whole thing. I'm not like, yeah, everyone Mm -hmm. has their own experience. But sure enough, standards of tipping have gone up, like just baseline, like Where I previously thought getting your hair done or your nails done, like the standard was somewhere between 10 to 15%. And I don't think I'm wrong. I think that that was the case. But now it is like 20% the baseline, almost across the board, like going out to eat, getting some version of a service done, like 20% is where you start. And it goes up from there. And I was just like floored and like, okay, what, what do I need to do to adjust myself in here? And that's where the thought came of, man, I do feel like I'm tipping everybody. Like I'm tipping someone who delivers things to my door, who brings my, you know, I mean, we're doing a lot of renovations. So we're getting a lot of deliveries. We're tipping those people. We're tipping the people who install. We're tipping the contract workers. I have friends who clean homes and they get tipped and tipping, 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 mm-hmm. tipping, tipping. And then realizing like, man, as many professions as there are that get tipped, I'm not in any of them. And that's why you want to tip. Yeah. I'm like, I'm tipping so much and I'm gl- I'm glad to. I'm glad to yeah. give my gratitude. If you don't want to tip, don't buy the service. Right. Right. If you buy the yeah. But then I'm like, how do I get myself in an arena where like someone can thank me with their money? That's so true. Um, I heart thanks us with their money. No, 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 no. I heart oh, okay. has a contract agreement oh, with yeah. us and a revenue oh, split. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Where I was, we make them I money. was a very bad bartender. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, you didn't make many tips? No. I mean... <laughs> I I did enough to where I only had to work like two days a week. Yeah. Um, but I was very good. Yeah. I was a horrible server. Yeah. I was an adequate bartender. Yeah. See, like my background know. is in the field of social work where it's actually unethical to receive yeah. anything from your clients. Yeah. I When I was in acupuncture, same. We were not able to receive tips doesn't mean i didn't <laughs> tips or gifts or anything yeah the one thing i could say is like you can send me you can give me a card writing out how you felt this time went and gift, for you gift and that cards it As, no gift cards oh no. i had patients give me alcohol Wow. Yeah. And you're just like, I can't receive that, but leave it under the chair. (laughs) Forget it. Forget it here. Acupuncture is different. Yeah, it definitely Um, is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Um, I I mean, you know, there's pros and cons to every type of job. And I think there are a lot more. I feel a lot better about yeah. the way I make money now yeah. versus then. It is difficult when a lot a of tip. your income is dependent on other people's versions and realities of yes. gratuity. Oh my that gosh. Is tough. Yes. Absolutely. Good days and bad days, I'm sure. Oh it, my all, goodness. All up in there. And I'm glad to not be subjected to that. Yes. Anymore. <laughs> and um but we see you. And yeah, if you God love bless you. the the work that you're doing and that's how you're earning, then yeah, again, we then hope that that episode we go is helpful out, we're for you. Tip you. Yeah, yeah, I will if tip I you. you. I will and tip you. you serve me. You should tip I will me. tip you. You should tip me. Da, 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 da. You should tip me. I'm going to tip you. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. 
For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.